in 2023, a high school musical-esque film was released upon the masses. That was Journey to Bethlehem. And this is Godfellas! Welcome to Godfellas, the small group, the podcast that dances out of the movie theater. I'm Mr. Zach. I'm Mr. Jimmy. And I'm mad. Ho-ho! And tonight, as was alluded to in the beginning, we are going to be talking about Journey to Bethlehem, which this is one multiple people. I have gotten the trailer for this movie sent to me so many times, Um and, you know, I was seriously like, I hope the strike will be over so we can talk about this movie. All I want for Christmas. <laughs> All I want for Christmas. And it worked out. I was like, I hope it's over by Friday. And I think the strike ended on like a Wednesday. And I was like, good. This is perfect. Yes. Timing. We are recording on November oh gosh. 15th. <laughs> 15th. Is it the 15th? It yeah. Is, uh, that's what my it computer is. Yes. says. So, uh, yes, the strike has been over for about a week now. I know it's still all tentative, and but but people are allowed to go back mm-hmm. to work. And yeah, if there's anything is... I've learned is that God answers Zach's prayers every <laughs> single time. Oh, man. Oh. In certain ways, yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, a little housekeeping. Um, we've not been uploading all the episodes that we want to. And why is that? It's because I forgot to uh, pay for the domain for Godfellas, which is the website where we distribute everything. Um, I wasn't the owner. You remember there was an old podcast, yada, 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 a whole bunch of like Weird stuff has happened, but, you know, now I have the rights and everything. So you're listening to this, which means clearly we got everything up and running once again. But again, sorry for the uh, delay. Thank you for hanging in there and thank you for listening. And, you know, we had to come back and talk about Journey to Bethlehem. Wow, what a great way to start this fun episode with some legal ease for for everybody <laughs> christmas the most legalistic of holidays y- you know you know some say um so jimmy mm-hmm. this movie were you familiar at all with its existence i got a text from you a couple of <laughs> nights before i went to go see this movie that said Hey, are they playing Journey to Bethlehem near you? And I went, Journey to what? Assuming it was probably a movie. And then I looked it up on the Cinemark. I was like, yeah, it's in Toledo. I could use the night, a Jimmy night. So I said, sure, yep, I'll see it. So that was my first hearing of it. And I I guess if we're doing, uh, I guess if we're doing expectations too, 
Yeah, let's talk. Let's I just had, get right into it. Yeah. I, I had I had none because I, I didn't know what it was about. So I was all surprised. So you didn't watch time. a trailer or anything? Nope. I, I I blind bought the ticket, and yep, I blind bought the ticket after you said. So I had zero expectations. I just knew that it would be about Jesus, hopefully with a name like Journey to Bethlehem. Sh- sure. Okay. Oh, okay. Marion. The yeah, the Journey to Bethlehem. All right. Interesting. Um. Now, Hannah, you and I were sitting in the theater when this trailer dropped, and you said, we are talking about this on Godfellas. Yes. Because, well, there was a movie last year that came out. I couldn't even tell you what it's called. That seemed like a modern Christmas musical. Do you remember that trailer? I do. And then didn't and we were like, oh, about we're going to do it. And then we never saw it. Which is very similar with Journey to Bethlehem, by the way. Like, I had to keep tabs because, like, the marketing kind of disappeared not to say it was ever that great but like all of a sudden like you had to kind of hunt to hear anything about this movie and like even now like i'm only really hearing it from people ironically who are like oh please tell me you've got a godfellas coming about this um but the expectation games i knew it was a musical going in and i knew it was kind of like a pop musical so i was like okay it's clearly inspired by like hamilton and the greatest showman and stuff like that so I went in and I even told Hannah, I was like, I'm expecting this to be the best musical, like pop musical about the birth of Christ that it can be. Which, you know, when I go into any movie, because people are always like, you don't want to like these movies. Like, no, when I go and see Priscilla, I'm like, I'm expecting for this to be the best biopic it can be. When I go see The Holdovers, I'm expecting this to be the best, you know, drama set in a prep school that it can be. And when you go in with that expectation of like, you know, not comparing every movie to every movie, but like, okay, if I'm comparing this to like a high school musical or a greatest showman on that merits, I'm that's what I'm expecting it to be. Mm. So going into it, did I realistically did I, did I have high hopes? Not really, but also bear in mind, I'm not a big fan of movies like The Greatest Showman and stuff like that. So I was thinking this one, maybe like the teens I teach will like it, but I'm I'm, I'm pretty sure it's not going to be for me. Yeah, the vibe of the trailer seemed very like, well, if they can do The Greatest Showman and they can do Hamilton, the Christians can do it too. Yeah, it's always great. When not we make- in a bad way. It's just like that's that's what the vibe was. Yeah, but it's never great when you just make things like reactionary. Reactionary. Uh, why did I say it like that? But apparently, Re- this was nearly twenty years in the making. So yeah, that's what I heard too. But I'll say my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, it's so weird because oh. now you just like dive in, don't you? Well, I, yeah. also, I'm I'm gonna say like okay, wait, ooh, 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 I have a fun. Okay. Oh, but you go first. Well, I was gonna say I spent more time at the cinema this year watching Christian movies than I have any other year of my life. Mm. So like, this is one where uh, I think the chosen, you know, I went in and saw that packed theater, Jesus revolution, Jesus revolution. Yeah. Pretty full theater. Mm -hmm. His only son, surprisingly, uh, you know, lots of people there. Um, you know, I, I saw sound of freedom, uh, no comment. (laughs) Um, but that one, but that theater like sold out audience, and so this one, it was like Hannah, myself, and like three other yeah. like people, which was very surprising. There were some really giggly teens in the front. Yeah. 
Like, I was like, are they here to, like, roast the movie? Well, but- because there was a teeny bop in, not a teeny bop. And by that, I mean, he's been in, like, Disney Channel movies. Yeah. Playing Joseph. So, like, I'm sure there's going to be some pull there from, like, oh, my gosh, this guy we like from Zombies is in this movie. Well, if you look on Letterboxd, most of the reviews were, like, I'm here for, for Milo Mannheim. Yes, Milo Mannheim. Mm. That's right. Um. I'm sorry. That's I was probably a little offensive. I what, what was my imitation of teenage girls? Listen, but as a former teenage girl, <laughs> I say it in love. You're allowed to. Anyone allowed who to. could, yeah, 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 you can speak. That's like, yeah. If I said it, it would well, be gross. I'm just gross, thinking about but... like Zach doesn't want to edit <laughs> yeah. anymore, so I'm I'm just trying to absolve myself of my. Yeah. So Jimmy, I'm most curious. I mean, it, it's so it's not the most exciting way to get into it. Wait, but... I have a way. I have a way. Okay. Okay. First, let's all three yeah. share what, in one word, what were you expecting going into the film? I'll start. Goofy. Pop. Mary. And then in one word, how would you explain? Um, how would you explain? How did you feel afterwards? Yeah. Sorry, I was trying to think of one word, but I have two. Well, yeah, no, the, yeah, the one word is tricky. Um, In three words or less. Buzzing. Disappointed. Righteously angry. Oh, oh, me it. too. Hot takes. Me too. I feel, feel like free I'm, to disagree with me. I feel like yeah. I'm going to end up mediating on this. <laughs> if you if you like this, Jimmy, yeah. you Here's a I, well, Jimmy, we Hannah and I both yeah. know how we feel about it. I'm curious, yeah. how did you how did you feel about this movie? Just give us well, your initial. As we through. said, it was it was a it was a blind buy of a music ticket of a music of a movie ticket. Um, I didn't know it was a musical ahead of time. So I had no expectations. So when I saw the opening scene, the opening scene is the wise men. Yeah. Yes. 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 Yep. Okay. So it's kind of like an ABC family adjacent kind of like goofy. I feel like there should have been a laugh track. And I saw it. I was like, oh, this is kind of cute. And then I didn't know it was a musical until the... um, Mary. The first song is Mary Needs to Get Married song. (laughs) Getting married. Yeah. Uh Yeah, Getting married. And then when they started singing, I laughed and no one else laughed and i realized <laughs> i wasn't right in the theater i was like this is funny this is cute and then once i once they started singing i was like oh this is the kind of movie this is let's see where it goes and let's have some fun i took my my critical like you should be 100 percent biblically accurate glasses off and i put my let's have the most fun jimmy let's we've let's not Let's not be a grump. Let's try to have a good time. So that was my experience. So I went, I forced myself to have a good time. <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. Zach? Uh, so I would say, you know, having now reviewed Christian media for four years, you know, in a lot of ways, we were kind of in a weird spot where you have things like the chosen, which I feel like really blazed a path for, we are going to make better movies. We need to make better movies. This is important. And then, you know, you look at something like Jesus revolution, which is really well made and holds itself to a high standard, you know, say what you want about the movie. It's held to a high standard. That's like a real film. 
And then, you know, even look at a movie like Sound of Freedom, which technically Angel Studios got to inherit that movie. And it's one where I'm like, unfortunately, Jim Caviezel and the supporters of this movie said things that were so problematic that it kind of killed any chance of people taking the movie seriously, but it also made all the money. So it's, it's one where you think like, well, it's that movie is like well-directed and it looks like a real movie. Was it a Christian movie? No, but the Christians bought it and they released it as one of their own. So it's kind of, we were on, you know, I would say maybe a bit of a streak of here are the movies that we are making. They will be taken seriously by us. And then you have this one come out, which feels very um, regressive in a lot of ways. Like very much like this is the kind of movie that if they had made it in 2006, I think would have found its audience a little easier. Um, so it just is sort of one where I watch it and I, I kind of struggle to think, who do they think that their audience is? Because it, it the moments they range from like, disney channel to like vbs skits and so it's one where you could watch that and you know like i always say take it for what it is but because it was so inconsistent it was really hard for me to kind of you know get a grasp on where this movie stands as far as christian media and i mean there's some like sincere issues that i have that we can get into later but i would just say like from beginning to end as a movie like you jimmy i was trying to force myself to have a good time but then like something would happen and i'd be like well no (laughs) or something and i'd be like no and so by the end it just left me kind of feeling very like hollow Mm. Mm. hollow is good like well we're back here (laughs) i apologize to the filmmaker and the people in the film by saying that I went in wanting to laugh. That was wrong of me. But I went in well, wanting the, to... the trailer... No, I wanted to make fun of it. Okay, okay. I did. And I apologize that I went in with that perspective. At the end of the day, what I'm upset about isn't... I, I, I didn't think it was really that goofy. I think the first song was definitely goofy. Um, <laughs> Mary, you're getting married. It's gonna be the best day of your life. Tell me that's not funny. Well, like, and I, I think that, you know, sort of what you're talking about with I wanted to laugh at it was like, it's it's sort of the, there's a musical about Spider-Man conundrum, right? Like, you have to think that, like, a musical about Mary and Joseph going to Bethlehem is going to be like, in one way or another, it's going to be, like, a little silly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So... But I didn't laugh as much as I thought I would. No. Um, and my problems lie in other things um, rather than making fun of it. I would say at the end of the day, the performances weren't laughable by any means. Mm-hmm. Um, the main performances. Um, Are you calling Antonio Banderas a main listen, performance? Listen, his was good. He's but you good or fun to watch? Fun to watch. <laughs> That's what I laughed at. The was most Antonio, fun to watch. Yes. our favorite fearless hero, was having the time of his was life. Was having the time of his life, and that was fun. But, um, and I, you know, I didn't really laugh at the songs the later they went on, um, in the film, mm. and I liked the incorporation of like already written Christmas songs. I thought that was good. Um, but yeah, my problems lie in other things. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Which I don't know if we want to get into that already. Or well, not. well, I mean, first off, it's a. I, I guess I guess we should talk about that. You know, did how did we feel about this film's approach to telling the story? Like, do we think that a pop musical about Mary and Joseph is even something that you know people should attempt? If you're talking about your audience, once you said it's 20 years in the making, I I, I felt the opening was ABC Family adjacent. You said Disney adjacent. I think yeah, this could have been a Disney mid 2000s Disney Channel special in some ways. So yeah, so like maybe what's the Disney Channel what demo are they going after? Like 8 to 13, right. 8 to 12. Mm-hmm. Like the family grandma's going to take her kids because they like uh the the zombie guy to go see the Jesus movie. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, I feel like I have a whole like can of worms that I'm about to slam down on the table. So Open do you it. want well, to do that, Hannah, or wait, do you no, want to? I have a thought. Okay. I think things like Hamilton have proved that you can create a musical about anything um, as long as it's done with reverence and respect. And inspiration. And inspiration. Like I think about the story where Lin-Manuel said he bought the book and was on a flight and it just made so much sense to him that this would be like a hip hop album that he called like his agent and said, has anyone ever done a hip hop musical about Hamilton? And they're like, are you kidding? You know? And I think about how, like I was reading the story of Elijah the other day and I'm like, Elijah is like so punk rock and this would make like an awesome punk rock musical, you know, like that spark. This seemed a little bit like, here's some things that are popular. Let's make money. But I will say, I did say this to Zach before we saw the movie. And this was when we saw the trailer that I kind of said, like, it seems so goofy to me because something seems so insensitive. Yes. About like a goofy, a goofy little trailer about the birth of our king. Like, I and I think now I'm trailer. kind of, <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, it's, it's the moot. Like they do a very good job representing the movie. Yeah. yeah. I, and like, and now I feel like, well, you know, I think like we've, there are people that have proved that art can be made from things that seem ridiculous. Yeah. Um, arcs can be made for floods that seem ridiculous. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, I'm not, but you know what I mean? The Bible doesn't say anything about the people Bible laughing at Noah. About people laughing at Noah. Yeah. Um, but like. So now I feel like I'm kind of split. But that was something that I had said in consideration to Zach is like, I feel like it's a little insensitive to talk about like, not to like, I don't know, treat it lighthearted. I wanted more lightheartedness. I feel very torn on the subject now. But what's your slam dunk, Zach? You kind of brought it up, Hannah, but it is the lack of reverence. Yeah. Mm. Everything in this movie is a joke. Everything in this movie and and that's not me like saying that as a mean thing. Like the movie is like a comedy. There's no, but there's no reverence. And I'm going to say something and it might sound harsh, but this is what I believe and will make space for me to be wrong about this. But if you told me that instead of a Bible, these people just had like a collection of Facebook memes about the Bible and the story of, of Christ's birth, I would 100% believe you. This film does not seem well-researched. This film does not seem um, like they really considered 
what the story means or who the characters are from a biblical standpoint. This movie did not seem like it was backed in um, scripture. In, in scripture, yeah, um, or theology. So you know, for instance, this is a musical in the Bible. We have a song in the story of, of Christmas. Zachariah sings a song about the birth of his son. Mm-hmm. Mary sings maybe one of my favorite, definitely one of my favorite passages of scripture verse. She sings a whole song about the, about that her son will be the Messiah. There are songs that are sung. They're not in this movie. And again, I think about the fact that as a society, we have taken Mary and we have tried to water her down so that Mary can be just like us, right? We talk, we've, we preach so many sermons about like Mary was scared. Mary didn't want this, this and that and the other thing. And I would challenge you to find that in scripture. I would challenge you to find any scripture verse where Mary says that she doesn't want to do this or where Mary complains because it's not there. There are so many scripture verses, though, about Mary willingly accepted this. Mary saying, you know, I am blessed that she ponders all of these things in her heart. And we never see that in this movie. This movie, it's like they drag her kicking and screaming to Bethlehem until something that blew my mind in the worst way happens. And that's the thing where it's like, and I see the ripple effect because we've heard the sermons and it's a thing, perhaps instead of trying to make Mary more like us, we should look at, at the fact that this woman had such faith and such righteousness that she was selected by God to raise and to mother his son. And to think that, we shouldn't be trying to make her more like us, but instead we should be raising our standards as believers and as Christians. And I think we do a disservice to the story and a disservice to ourselves when we try to make it about like, well, Mary was just like all of us. No, she wasn't. She's better than we are. She's like, she's such a hero of the faith and she's such an example of, you know, obedience and following God and, and courage in, in her own way. And this movie just makes her like a punk kid who's really sassy all the time for no reason and seems like she doesn't want to be there. Mm. So that's my my opening preamble. It's just that your central character did not seem well-researched. Here's my opening preamble. <laughs> and maybe the heart of what I'm trying to say this whole episode you are allowed to take creative liberties so long as they don't contradict the actual story. Mm-hmm. And it is perhaps the worst crime that it's done by believers. Oh, sure. It's worse than non-believers redoing the story. Yeah. And and it's different in the sense of, because Zach and I talked about this, it's different with Last Temptation because in no way, shape, or form does it say like we took some creative liberties it's this is not the same story this is a fictional mm-hmm. story where this yeah. one said we if. took some creative liberties right mm-hmm. prince of egypt at the end there's an we apology t- yeah. yeah this yeah. is the other thing it's at the end of the movie and not the beginning mm-hmm. red flag so, mm-hmm. yeah um almost this. to negate any criticism after the fact like hey well, that's the thing is like i have a little we, bit of we beat you to it i have a little bit of listen and this is what i'm gonna say first and foremost 
I am doing my best to be respectful in my heatedness because I don't want to disrespect anybody. But I'd like to say when you put art out in the world, you put art up to be like criticized or disliked or loved or praised. Yeah. The thing is, this is my opinion. But I think that how tragic is it that we have believers telling other believers or non-believers we took some creative liberties, but this is the greatest story ever told. No, you changed a lot. This isn't just some creative liberties. You contradicted yourself twice, not just with Mary, but with the whole ending, which I don't want to even get into it yet because it like it, it's just like we are already a biblically illiterate group of people. Yes. Mm-hmm. And now... I've seen so many posts already of people that I know who have seen this film saying it's one of their favorite movies they've ever seen. People who have studied the word, people I know who are in ministry positions that are saying that this is one of their favorite movies. And then it makes me think, huh? When's the last time you read the story of Christmas? (laughs) Or the Gospels. I yeah. mean, because it's not just in that. No. There were some things that I felt like, okay, there was some research done, I think, in the cultural aspect of there were some things that Mary wore or did that I was, because I've been reading through Leviticus and, you know, I'm very aware. <laughs> I'm very aware of the law right now. Hmm. It's fresh in my mind. B- but but then in some ways. Um, can I just throw something no. on there really quick? But that doesn't matter because this is a musical where people break into song in the middle of the market. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. so now if you're going to go for like how accurate the movie is, when you do stuff like that, it's like, yeah, cool. But it's also, <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's just one of those things where I, this is one where I think about this is going to be, this is going to be a sermon now. You know, like maybe on Sunday, someone's going to talk about how they saw this movie and it really made them think about how, you know, just like us, Mary was afraid, but, you know, she knew what she had to do. And even though she didn't, you know what I mean? Like, and we're not going to talk about Luke 1, 46 through 55, you know, and we're not going to talk about things, things like that. We're just going to talk about extra biblical stuff that we have added to make the story juicier and to make um, holiness seem like less challenging. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sorry, Jimmy. Anything? To Sorry, say? Jimmy. Just yeah. <laughs> I Jimmy feel actually- like we just like bulldozed for the last five minutes. <laughs> so, I think that our conversation kind of reflects how I felt that we, all three of us, were represented in the story in in Journey to Bethlehem. You see the three (laughs) wise men who are our traditional figures. And yesterday I texted Zach and Hannah after the movie. I was like, you know what? If we were the three wise men, I I think that Zach would be Balthazar because he's the intelligent, strong, gentle giant in this movie. Hannah is Melchior. She's sassy and smart and a good leader. And Gaspar is just kind of happy to be there with everybody. He's just happy to go along for the ride and is just happy to be with his friends. So this is the the best way to handle this movie. But yeah, you you bring you both bring up the great points of yes, if we're treating this as a biblical film, I, I wouldn't I 
I mean, could we throw this in last temptation category where it's a what if? Because, yeah, it's just it's one, it's based it's based on a story based on a story. This is one, like this is telephone. Christmas. I mean, I, I would love I would love to say that, but it's a thing where with a movie like Last Temptation, because it's, it's, it's fictional, the stuff that's obviously not real, you go, well, that's not obviously not real. That's just meant for me to kind of uh, like, yeah. you know, think about. Whereas this movie at the end goes, even though we took some liberties, this is the story, you know? And I think a movie like this is in some ways more like dangerous because I talk about in high school when I would, you know, think, oh, I watched the Ten Commandments. I don't have to read my Bible today. You know what I mean? Like, and that's, and as I think that there are, yeah, I devotion. think there's Christians who, who sincerely are like, well, I watched two episodes of the chosen. I don't have to read scripture today. And mm. I think there's people who are like, I read this. I don't have to read the Christmas story this year. And it's like, and you are going to miss out. And mm. we can't lay that at the feet of the movie. You know, like mm. I'm, I'm going to say that that it can't be all the movie's fault. Like people have to take ownership, but I, I am mean, saying this doesn't help, you know? Mm. Um, yeah. Specifically, I mean, the other big thing that Hannah and I had issues with, Jimmy, I don't know about you. Uh, Jimmy, correct me if I'm wrong. Herod Antipas, the son of Herod, he's the one who beheads John the Baptist, yeah? I mean, we could do that with a quick, uh, a quick yep. little study, right? <laughs> Isn't it the... There's like a wife or a mistress or something... Go. let's see let's, let's see go. this is great content this is great content um never held the title of king da, 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 da. i mean it would None. appear gospel of luke he's brought to pontius pilate matthew for uh, matthew 14 on herod's birthday now herod had arrested john now herod the tetrarch heard the reports about yep. jesus yeah it was Antipas. So Herod Antipas is the man who, if you've read the Bible, is going to get really drunk at his birthday, see his underage, like, stepdaughter do a dance, yep. and yeah, then promise it. her anything leading to the death of John the Baptist. That is who this man is. And this movie turns him into, by the end, a swell guy who maybe even believes that Jesus is the Messiah. This man who will also be like one of the players in the trial of Christ, mm -hmm. you know, and it, so at the end of the, I'm going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil it. Cause this is Hannah was like, so angry in the theater that like, I had to like, <laughs> just kind of be like, okay, like we'll, we'll talk and, about it. And before you spoil it, Zach, yes. how, is interesting the right word how weird is it that you have to spoil a, a biblical story like if you've oh. read it before but he's like <laughs> right all right you know that story that you read at least once a year uh let me right. spoil it for you so if you're familiar with the bible story in the bible jesus is born and then the shepherds come and then days later he uh goes to see he's goes in for the rituals and he sees simeon and anna which again Beautiful moments that we never see in these movies. And then two years later, like the wise men come and then Herod realizes that he's been duped. So they escape to Egypt. This movie, like seconds after Jesus is born, Herod Antipas shows up in their barn and is essentially just like, well, sorry, everybody. 
And Mary's just like, no, you will not. And then he goes like, okay, you're right. I don't want to be like my dad. All right. Uh, g- get them safe passage. You guys better get out of here though. And I'm like, um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What are you saying about God in this scenario? You know, like, what are you saying? That God sent his son into the world to save it. And like, I'm sorry, like, this, just, and that it was this close, that it was almost this close. No, there was like clear instructions to escape. This was never as close as we like to make it in movies. Well, they kind of mentioned at the end of the movie, they're like, all right, we better get headed to, or don't the, the, yeah, like they're chasing. It's like the ending of The Sound of Music where they're after them. Like, mm-hmm. they're being chased as they run through the Alps. It's like, no, that's, I'm sorry, that's not the case. Like, yeah. there was more time. God took care of, of them and, like, provided for them. Like, they didn't just get lucky. It's it's not even the time factor. It's the factor that this man was an evil man. Yes. This, this man is written intentionally, right? word breathed by god in the bible like and this is the thing what i mean contradiction because like the the movie portrays him as like oh i just can't help it i have my father's evil genes uh 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 i can't help it no i'm a good guy no no yeah where's the account for sin like where's the responsibility for sin as like oh but but i got it from my dad because like that's the thing we don't talk about like generational curses or things you know those things anymore because christ has come and said it's an opportunity for all individually individual relationship individual accountability responsibility definitely it it just it i feel like it completely contradicts the point of the gospel and why jesus is even there in the first place yeah like why like this is the thing it's fine that the wise men are there. I've heard it before. Mm-hmm. I get it for a time. It'd be fine if even they left a week or two after. It's the contradictor changing the scripture. This isn't creative liberties. This is changing the way scripture to be interpreted mm. and spreading a message out there that people are believing with, like in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That people are like, yep, I, I agree. This is a good thing. Excuse me? Like, it's not that this guy can't be redeemed. It's just that we know the story. Yeah. And even if you wanted to have the thing where he's trying to make it about like, oh, man, I'm just like my dad. And like your heart breaks because it's like, no, you can make the choice. That's not what this movie is going for. This movie, like, I think by the end, things that the audience is like, and he turned out to be a really, a really good guy. What? Like, and also, like, even Hannah and I haven't even talked about what this movie does to Joseph, who is why most of the audience is here to see this actor, Mm -hmm. right? This man who is about to be betrothed is, like, hitting on Mary in the market, but he doesn't know that that's, like, his betrothed. And I was expecting later from the, like, when they meet, from him, like, oh, no, I knew that that was you. Like, I had seen you. But Mm -hmm. no, it's just, like, they're both, like, uh, uh uh-oh. I'm like like, that with everybody. Yeah, so it's like you've portrayed like Joseph as like this big flirt who like, oh, good thing I was flirting with my wife. I'm like, no, 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 no. He's a righteous, noble, holy man. Exactly. Stop this. You just said it. 
just like they didn't do their research on Mary, they didn't do it on Joseph. He no. didn't. Oh, this woman cheated on me. I should stone her. Like, and and even the nativity story, which all three of us watched also mm-hmm. afterwards. Like this idea of like this dream about stoning her, where all it says is an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Mm-hmm. And and, I and would, also, but sorry, sorry. What yeah, I meant yeah. to say was when Mary told him, it said that he was a noble man. That mm-hmm. it wasn't any quietly of that. That he just it. said, you know what? Yeah. yeah. Quietly just dis- that these were. It, mm. Which mm-hmm. the nativity story, I grant more grace because that dream is less I do grant like more grace. that dream is less. I want to stone Mary. It's I am frustrated and there is going to be pressure for my community to do something about this. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? And just when he considers like, could this be something that I do? That's when he has the don't be afraid because Mm -hmm. you know, that's because he is afraid and you see that in that scene. Whereas in this movie, he has like a whole back and forth in a musical number where he's like talking to his, an evil version of himself, which is just like, Oh, I just want my revenge. And it's like, come on. Mm -hmm. And also I, I, yeah, I mean, it's just so not, thought out and again these are things i feel like i've heard sermons about i feel like i've seen memes on facebook about that aren't backed up in in scripture anywhere and like what are we doing and listen i'm fine with the love story stuff that's fine that's fine yeah it's fine i just felt like there was such unnecessary drama added to a story that's already drama filled yeah like there's already tension built in right Mm-hmm. So why add the thing about, oh, but you're a flirt. And why add the thing about they're chasing us even as we walk to Bethlehem. Yeah. And like, mm. why add the, dr- why add the snow <laughs> on- in Israel? Yeah. Why add the snow? <laughs> it, looks, I mean, that was like it looks good. Careless. It, it looks good. It does you're look, right. Yeah. Sure. But like. <laughs> Uh, well, so I feel like I feel like we could kind of beat this point to death about yeah. like it's not biblically accurate. Like clearly, you get it, mm-hmm. <laughs> listening audience, you get it. So let's let's kind of move on to some of the other things. Like I know you're wondering how are the songs, Jimmy? How are the songs? It it felt weird. It's been I think the last music, the two last music movies I've seen in theaters, uh, Les Mis in 2012. Which I think is different because I think they actually sang on the soundstage, right? Yes, that, they did like it all big live. Push. Yeah, so that was different and that was good. Greatest Showman, you know, the mu- the music felt like it was coming from the movie in that one, at least. Mm-hmm. In this movie, when they were singing the Mary song at first, I, it, maybe it was just my first impression and that's such a weird opening song, but it <laughs> felt like the music wasn't coming from the movie in an authentic way. You could do this style and it's been done before. Like you could use modern music in older movies and it feels like it's coming from it, but it felt the music felt a little overproduced and polished and yes. a little soulless. And poorly the mixed per- into yep. the movie. Yep. Too, and yeah. then the performance and their lips were kind of, and I, I didn't feel it, but the songs were, I don't remember any of the songs. I just remember Mary getting married. <laughs> yeah. The, the big thing I remember is when Herod saying, for mine is oh, the kingdom, the mine song. is the glory. Yeah, because his thing where he's like, mine is the kingdom, mine is the glory, mine is the problem. I'm like, oh, cool. I was like, 
I yeah. like that. Like mm-hmm. that's actually that's actually like a cool little thing. And that was the second song, so it kind of teed me up for okay, we're gonna get some more of this. And then like we don't, but no, yeah, that's, Antonio that's Bender. True. I cannot express how Antonio Banderas clearly weaponized his boredom in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like he didn't want to be there, but it was like okay, well, you know what? I'm just gonna do whatever I want then. Can I say something about the music yes. behind the scenes? Yeah. Yes. Behind the scenes. Well, this is also director. I have found out this evening. I thought their name sounded familiar. Adam Anders. There's a pair or something Scandinavian name. Mm-hmm. Nikki Anders. Director, composers, producers. They uh, worked on Glee. Yeah. They were heavily involved in Glee. Yeah. Hmm. The Glee Project reality show I watched. Um, other things, other music things, Disney Channel stuff. And I am baffled. Baffled. Mm-hmm. Because I loved the Glee music as a kid. I loved it. I thought it sounded great. I thought the harmonies were tight. I loved some of the covers more than... <laughs> the real songs and i'm embarrassed to admit it um i am shocked at how many songs kind of sounded the same to me in this movie as well Mm. i would say that i remember antonio's song and i remember the mary song and i remember um i remember the mary song is like mary you're getting married and i remember the um all i remember is the little so many questions so little time when they're like around the little water thing oh yeah yeah. that's all i remember yeah yeah i love how herod jr likes to uh i just think it's cute that he likes to express himself via stomp (laughs) like that's how he everyone has a creative outlet and you feel and you express yourself in one way and he just loves to stomp and show you that he's he's conflicted and it's a great point to me yeah it, it's, wow. it's fun but yeah but yeah, yeah and his song is also another skillet song like his dad yes so yeah the songs uh terrifically unmemorable mm. um yeah can it can we do one good thing about the songs absolutely for, for, please, for do. Pli- please do so i'm a very simple man <laughs> and i don't know much and i'm learning all the time and i'm making connections all the time mm. and i've heard getting married is tying the knot my whole life i didn't know what knot is being tied. I just oh, know that yeah. it means people are getting married and maybe that's a knot and they're together now. And then when they did the whole uh, singing and they had their little prayer shawls around their thing and that makes a knot, it clicked for me. I was like, Oh, is that what, is that what that means? So yeah. I don't know if that's what that means, but that was fun for me. And I had that was, yeah, it. that was sweet. I liked the whole ceremony. I thought yeah. visually the scene was great. Yeah. I couldn't tell you what yeah. the song was. No, oh. me neither. But I remember the time that I was like, Oh no, is that what that means this whole time? I'm sorry, I have one more thing that I take umbrage with. Lecrae is in this movie. And he doesn't musical. And he doesn't rap. What are you doing? Did you you, wait no, did you say for the post credits? Uh all the way through? No, 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 no. What? There were post credits? There were post so he comes he comes back and Uh I I memorized it because I listened to it about a hundred times on the way home. The angels are in the background, and he comes out and he goes. I gave a message to Mary who... Oh, man. How did it go? 
I gave a message to Mary who wasn't yet married and told her that she'd be the mother of God. And Joseph, we thought his betrothed had gone crazy, but maybe just maybe just telling the truth. Jesus, we know who is God, who is with us, not born in a palace, but born in a trough and something like that. So it was, it's cute if you so, say and watch wow. all the way after. Did you find it on YouTube? Yeah, you could. No, just kidding. It doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> it should Are exist, though. Ch- what? Did you just make all that Jimmy? up? Jimmy? Yeah. Hughes. <laughs> you <laughs> got me so good. <laughs> that's. That's my ending. That's what I wanted to happen. Oh I thought that's that's why I stayed. I thought he was going to rap because he Jimmy! doesn't. Jimmy! Is there anything post-credit? No, there's nothing post-credit. Just Jimmy! buy a ticket for someone else. You turned me into a liar. You bought you a ticket. I thought for a, no, I thought for a second that like, because I told people he doesn't rap in the movie. And then you said that. I was like, oh, no. Oh, no, he, he does. Doesn't, he doesn't rap in the movie. No, Yikes. but he does wear the, I think... He wears the coolest outfit that any man has ever worn in the history of forever. This is the coolest sure. angel outfit. Sure. Yeah. So that's it. But yeah, but that was that yeah. was my my what if ending. I thought they could have had such a great number with the angels in yes. the shepherds. Yeah. That's when I was like, okay, oh, now sure. we're gonna get it. Now oh, we're gonna get awesome. it. Nope. That's like yeah. such a joyous. No, and they're I, belting I, Silent Night instead. I will say, I kind of yeah. liked the idea of like all the angels appearing to the shepherds individually, yeah, and then them all kind of coming. I thought that was very, very nice. I, let, let me talk about some positives. <laughs> I liked the little lamb leading everyone. To... Oh, that was cute. That was cute. Yeah. Um, the baby was adorable. Um, yeah, I thought the costuming was pretty good. Sure. I will say again, like Mary and Joseph's performances, I thought were. Good. I don't think they did bad. Yeah. I think they did well with what they had, script wise. Mm-hmm. Um I yeah. Yep. Yep. Well, you know, so I think what well, location wise, I know they filmed in Spain, which I thought looked very beautiful and pretty realistic. Uh mm. maybe not. No, I thought the nativity CGI story background. looked I think the nativity story looked I know. I know. We literally have just kind of brought it up in passing. Well, this is what I want to get into, Hannah. It's the thing you're talking about is. I was how just going to say the nativity story looked more realistic. Well, I want to say how does see where they filmed though. How does this? Because people, every time there's like a new movie about like the birth of Jesus or whatever, people make it like this is the first time this has ever happened. And this one, I was just like, okay, so it's got to go against nativity story. Which nativity story is a movie that I had always like. I. I think a year ago I wrote a review. I was like, it's a little clunky. It's a little messy, but like, you know, uh, whatever. Leaving this, I said to Hannah, this makes Nativity Story look like The Godfather. And then Hannah's like, I'd never seen it. So we watched it. And then Jimmy, well, Hannah had a lot to say as like comparison. We were, you know, we we were just kind of like trading notes about how both movies stack up because they're about the same thing. And we had mentioned to Jimmy we were going to watch it, so he did. So I would say the question is, how does this stack? Like, if you're sitting down to watch a a biblical movie with the family and you're going to pick for Christmas, I feel like it's this versus the Nativity Story. How do they stack up against each other? I mean, you gotta, you gotta pick the nativity story. I have to apologize to the nativity story. I think I still have like 36 hours or something to watch it 
again because I rented <laughs> oh. it. But um, I because I wasn't at the movies watching it, I read it with my Bible open. So anytime because when I was watching the Nativity Story, uh, Zechariah is still mute. So I was like, oh yeah, they didn't like he's talking in the in the um the what's the other one journey. So I was like, oh, and then I was like trying to pair it up. Like, is he mute at this point and stuff and like trying to figure out stuff. And so I was half watching, half doing a little bit of research and and reading while, but I thought it was good. I did text y'all that after watching uh, journey to Bethlehem, I felt like watching the nativity story was, I was like at the principal's office because it felt so serious. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just side by side with that one. But yeah, it's, it's the better movie. Um, The, I don't know, Hannah, how you feel about this. I felt like, because I looked up the ages of the actresses who played Mary. Mary in Journey is like early 20s. And even though we know that Mary is a lot younger, it feels Little Mermaid-esque, where even though you know in the fairy tales or whatever that she's younger, she looks older, so it doesn't feel weird. In the Nativity Story, this is a girl. And Oscar Isaac is a man. Who's as yeah. old as a Hannah at this point? So it then yeah. that was like that made it feel more real. But then I was also like, oh yeah, uh, that's like how it was. Watching, I was like, they never like, touch. And then I'm like, oh no, I know touch, why. They don't. Kiss. They don't ever touch like yeah. overly romantically. They don't kiss, which is yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. It's not great. No. In retrospect, but at least um the age difference isn't like abused in the movie. Yeah. yeah. You know. But it's not. I still don't think it's super great. It's still a little mm-hmm. weird. Um, it's, it's cultural yeah. at that time too. But it felt True. more comfortable with the romantic comedy in the first one than it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I will office. say one of the one of the things I love about Nativity Story is that you see these are the people who are going to raise Jesus and teach him things. Mm-hmm. Like there's the scene where Mary, where where Joseph um, is like giving the donkey more food and giving Mary more food and he is making a sacrifice so everybody else can, you know, be healthy and, and good. And you could see them talking to Jesus about like, you need to take care of people or how Mary washes Joseph's feet. I mean, like, gosh, what a beautiful Mm -hmm. parallel, you know, to think that like humility was taught to him at a, at a young age or when they're in the temple and Joseph is like upset and he says, this was supposed to be a holy place. And you just see how they're kind to people and they treat people well. And you think like, yeah, like what beautiful parents for, you know, for Jesus to grow up with versus Mm -hmm. you have these two petty people who like flirt with everyone and don't seem to really like care for each other that Mm -hmm. much in, in this movie. And it's, it's really like that. It makes me sad. Mm. Um, I think I liked the nativity story better because it was more accurate, not saying, well, cause this is the thing. Prince of Egypt is inaccurate, but it doesn't contradict the story. The heart Mm. of the message is still there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and they say that at the beginning. Yeah, not the end. That, that's a big difference. That's a big <laughs> no. It because is. at the it beginning, is. it's I'm I'm doing my job. I'm being I'm letting you know it's a warning. At the end of the movie, it's an apology. Yeah, like yeah, plain and simple. So, um, uh, the nativity story. I I love Mary's not fearful. Joseph is noble. There's the Magnificat in it. Like you know, and the wise men aren't stupid. 
That's the other thing I didn't like about Journey to Bethlehem. Oh, the wise men are goofballs. Yeah. They can, Though, be, they can be funny, but they made them idiots. Those gifts have meaning. And like it's leaned into in um, Nativity Story where they mm-hmm. talk about these gifts are important. They mean something. And this gift like, Mur, that's so basic. You think I'm kidding. That's a line in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, again, no reverence. That was yeah. the Hamilton song. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That it's just that's the thing. Like Yeah, no reverence. And the other thing too, and Hannah even I mean, I don't want to talk after I say this, but Hannah pointed out that the Nativity story is directed by a lady. <laughs> and this is the other thing the Nativity story did. I felt like I really again seeing kind of the um one, the joy between Elizabeth and Mary, it literally says that Joseph uh no, Joseph <laughs> Wolf John the Baptist leapt in her womb. Like and we see that beautiful interaction. We don't see it in the Garnet of Bethlehem. No. We see it in the Nativity story. And I see I think we also see very touching moments between Mary and Joseph. It focuses on the journey. For a movie called Journey to Bethlehem, the journey was you don't see them traveling. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um where that's fine, whatever. I that's not even my biggest beef. But the nativity story focused on the journey together, um, which I thought was very beautiful. Um, and also, you see Joseph, you see Joseph ready to catch that baby when she's giving birth. You see him ready. Yeah, in Journey to Bethlehem, I'm like, why is he laying next to her? again? That's kind of like that's kind yeah. of like a little dumb thing that I'm pointing out. But you know, yeah. But this Joseph went to the Lamaze classes. Like he's like. <laughs> Oh, yeah right next yeah. to her. so here's yeah here's my big my big my big thing too and i'm saying this as a feminist myself i didn't like feminist mary and journey to bethlehem no i don't think it portrayed um egalitarianism properly hmm. i think that her idea of like but i don't want a husband because i have hopes and dreams didn't feel genuine it felt like a mockery of w- women who really do have hopes and dreams hmm. um that are outside the traditional roles that women are assigned. Like it didn't feel genuine. And this whole idea that she had to prove that she was brave at the end of the movie, when she stands up to Herod Antipas. No, No. she's brave by obeying. Like Mm. she's, she's just brave by being obedient and, and like birthing Jesus, like carrying Jesus by taking on this task joyfully, like no questions asked. Yes, Lord, I will do this. Well, there's one question asked, but it's not even a bad one. It's just, mm. oh, how tell will this me, be? how is this possible? Yeah. Which is not how. It's, oh, tell me the science behind this. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. it's very much that. Where I think in the nativity story, directed by a woman, like, I think that those subtle nuances prove that Mary is a strong female lead just by being confident in herself. Well, and this line is extra biblical too, but like when her parents like chastising her and she just tells them like, I've broken no vow in the nativity story. And and then when she says like, there is a will for this child greater than my fear of what they Goodness. will do to me. I was like, oh my mm. gosh. And there's so many lines in that movie too, which like 
it makes you think like the scene I love uh, when Joseph and Mary are talking. She goes, I wonder when we'll know that he's more than a child. And Joseph's like, I wonder if I'll be able to teach him anything, you know, yeah. like it's little things like that where you really like think get to think about it. Yeah. And this movie, I'm like, how was this an hour and 38 minutes? What did they do? You know, how, how did it stretch to that time when you think about how much content is in a movie that's only like five minutes longer? Can I also say something else I don't like? Yes. This is the other thing that, sorry, I'm taking over right now. Yeah. This is the other thing that I'm like, was mad about. I remembered I said that it felt insensitive to make a big hoorah about the story of Jesus, considering he came to this earth humbly, laid lowly in a manger. The shepherds came that night. The wise men came a couple years later. Nobody else is recorded. So I think the nativity story does a better job of the humility of Jesus mm. coming to earth. I definitely don't think journey to Bethlehem. No. no. And this is the other thing. It, it feels insensitive because like, God, this was the whole point that you didn't have to come as a, like, a parade or a, you know like as a king that you could come as a as some child born in like untraditional circumstances at, at like a random time in life you know well not really but it seems like it you know and i also think of like when you have jesus being born in journey to bethlehem and that star shines so bright and everybody knows oh that means he's being born right now mm. no where yeah uh, sorry just to jump on before you finish hannah um in nativity story it's clear that the people who know the people who see the star <clears throat> that they know what it means and that that is almost an invitation for the audience that like if you know about what god has done in your life and what his will for you is and w that you are god's masterpiece and his dream that if you can look at at this thing be it you know your life or a star this thing that doesn't necessarily seem like all that crazy but it's something that like there are people who like the wise men who who search for it and cherish it and there's people who like it means hope to them people who it means like a new beginning for them like just to think that it's something about like if you have that relationship and you've done that study when you can see something that you know may seem ordinary or not of note to other people but to you it means like everything and also like what's so powerful about only a few people knowing is like it convicts me of like if this happened today i probably wouldn't notice hmm. what can i do to change that how can i be somebody who notices right to be somebody who notices like it's just this idea of like when everybody sees that star blaring throughout the countryside it just reminds me that like this is not revered as humble mm -hmm. and there's a million people all these soldiers and shepherds and wise men and mary and joseph and my mom and my neighbor from my first house are at the uh, stable <laughs> that like what happened to mary and joseph the baby the animals the shepherds silent night holy night because it's revered mm. because the people who know know it uh, yeah i think it eliminates hope 
for the future mm. and makes it all too present. It contradicts. Yeah, I'm sorry. I think I'm rambling at this point, but it makes me upset. <laughs> well, folks, it's about that time where we're going to use our manners. Just like when they offered you more fun dip for a special occasion at youth group, uh, Hannah, when I offer you more of Journey to Bethlehem, will you be saying yes, please, or no, thank you? My favorite thing about the fun dip was the uh, the white stick. I just ate that. I didn't even open the dip because I thought it was gross. Um, I love a good biblical movie, but I don't like how it's done. No, thank you. All right. Well, uh, Jimmy, we've got lots of fun dip and it's coming to you. What do you say? <sighs> Hannah, just eating the stick. That is insane. But if you do use it, <laughs> look at this chaotic. movie. This movie is not fun dip. A fun dip. A fun dip. This movie could have been fun dip with a musical aspect. Because the fun part about fun dip is you have the like the pixie stick stuff in the one side, and then you have the stick on the other side, and together it works well. But here, I felt like it was just like pixie stick and lost the reverence of the fun dip part. So I would also say no thank you. Although if you do want to maybe watch it somehow for free later without you know giving into it for a laugh or to uh, get some of the insider baseball that we've been talking about on the on the podcast sure and remember don't take it as biblical take it even though it said don't take it as a what if take it as a as a telephone version of the of the story so someone heard it once from someone else who heard it from someone else who made a movie that's this movie so no thank you Now I have the fun dip and I'll say, you know, this is a snack I never got. I would just see people like dipping into it and I was like, this is just sugar on top of sugar on top of sugar. And, you know, while it may look cool, it's not good for you. And <laughs> you can't build your diet around that. <laughs> and, um, you know, if the best part is, you know, not even the thing that you sell the snack on, then why even have the snack? And, you know, I just want to I want to say before we go into the game. You know, if this Christmas you have not heard this read yet, uh, I just want to read Mary's Magnificat, which is in uh, Luke 1, where it says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for God has looked with favor on the lowliness of the Almighty Servant. Surely, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me and his name and holy is God's name. God's mercy is for those who fear God from generation to generation. God has shown strength with God's arm. God has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. God has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. God has helped servant Israel in remembrance of God's mercy. According to the promise God made to our ancestors, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. Mm. That's what Mary believed people. That's 
the type of person Mary was. And so while it can be very fun or comforting to try to make her more like us, maybe think about her faith and the fact that she was selected and think about how her story um, can inspire you. And I'll just resound, no thank you. Read your Bible instead. You know who else made a journey? Santa. (laughs) (laughs) Who could have very well been in Journey to Bethlehem. At this point. He just came in at the end. He's like, hey. I was like, if I see him bow at the manger, I won't even be surprised. (laughs) Yeah. I just thought to steer away from like biblical insensitivity, let's do a game about Santa. (laughs) Woo. Let's do it. Uh, Happy holidays. Jimmy, have you started your, your kettle campaign yet? When Tomorrow is the first day. So, oh, how are you yeah, feeling? This is Kettle's Eve. I'm feeling good. I'm leaving some uh, some milk and cookies out for William Booth tonight for, uh, <laughs> for Kettle Eve. And uh, hopefully we have a good kettle start tomorrow and uh, we get blessed with the funding that we need to help our neighbors this year. If you are in Tiffin, please help us. If you are you in can... any place, help your Salvation Army because they are doing... Good work. I can attest to that. Yeah, we can personally attest to the good work that Jimmy does in Tiffin, Ohio. So, thank you. Our volunteers. Or volunteer. Oh, our volunteers. Oh, your volunteers. Yeah. Yeah. But also volunteer. Yeah. Um, Also volunteer. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Anyway, so I thought there's so many fun facts about Santa out there. Let me make it into a game. So, this is like Santa Claus fun fact. I've got multiple choice. I've got true and false. I've got two guess and answer, but they're pretty simple. I mean, not simple, but you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm asking you to, like, give a backstory. Yeah. Um, I've got 10 questions and then one bonus question. Ooh. You will work as a team. All right. Yes. To guess these facts about Santa that I found online. All right. We got 10 questions. We got to go fast. Yes. Okay. First one. If we lose, we have to uh, donate to... We have to donate a ticket to the uh, <laughs> the thing at the end. Which, by the way, I tried to help Jimmy out because, like, he was like, "I'm about to pay for this." I was like, "Oh, wait a minute! I think there's a thing where you can like claim a ticket, and there were none available." Nope. So I don't think people are doing no. that. <laughs> Yikes! Okay, and if you do see the movie, don't do it. <laughs> yes. All right. Question number one: The name Santa Claus originated. From which European country? This is a multiple choice. Ooh, Germany. Oh, Zach. Not one of the know. options. Okay, but it's, it's okay. not right. That's not your answer. I'll take that. Okay, think of that out loud. Denmark, Norway, the Netherlands, or Finland. I, I want to say I think Denmark. I don't know enough about any of these places. Denmark sounds the, <laughs> I will the most say Santa Clausian. Yes, the original word was Sinterklaas. That, which sounds German. It does like, sound German. Denmark? I don't know. I'm not. But it could geography. be Denmark also. I don't know. Yeah. Denmark is in my head. Yeah, Denmark. Yes, Denmark. Unfortunately, it was the Netherlands. Oh, oh. man. Yikes. The most German-like answer. It's from the Netherlands. But that's oh, all right. Man. That was a one, tricky one. One because... ticket for Journey to Bethlehem one coming ticket. right up. Oh, we're buying a ticket for each wrong <laughs> question. 
That's Can you imagine? I scanned the thing after the movie. It's like you could buy 40 million tickets for only $8 million. But it's, there's like ridiculous amounts. It's not that high, but it's like buy 100 tickets for $800 or something. No. No, but anyway. That's Hannah. a lot. Yeah. I'm not buying anything. Yeah. Well, our next question is a submit and answer question. Okay. The North Pole was deliberately chosen as the location of Santa's home. No time zone. Why, why do you think that is? No time I'll zone. give it All if I think zones. it's close enough. Uh, I like no time zone. I would say because it's a place you can't like travel to readily. Probably that there's like a level of secrecy. Like it doesn't only exist. Santa could do it. Yeah. Has anyone ever been there? No. Yeah. So I'd say the North Pole in that like the idea about like if you're just like a place in Denmark, then you could go there. I think it was to like add a level of mysticism mm. to it. Yeah. Be like. You know what? Yeah. I'm going to give you the point for that. Yeah. Yay. Yay. The real answer is to keep his reindeer alive. But that's a uh, bit of secrecy in the reindeer, too, because yeah. we all know reindeer aren't real. That was a joke. <laughs> I have been to Norway. I have seen real reindeer. Mm. And people have been to the North Pole. <laughs> people have been to the North Pole. And it definitely has a time zone. So. And you can travel time. there. So. Yeah. <laughs> but I would but say we that's got close it right. enough. The secrecy Yay. with the, the reindeer. Yes. Yay. Yes. Okay. Number three, the yes. first let's go visit Santa in a store wasn't at Macy's, Gimbal's. but was in a store in which Pennsylvania city in the year 1841? Was it Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Lancaster, or Harrisburg? It's not one of the big two. It's got to be Lancaster or Harrisburg. I'm going to say I lived in Lancaster. I feel like they would have never stopped telling that story. Oh, good point. So Harrisburg. Yeah. Well, we lived right next to Harrisburg. Oh, <laughs> so, and they didn't say it either. So it's one of the big two. Yeah, could have so been what was the first one again? Philly. Philly. And the Pittsburgh. second? Pittsburgh. I'm going to say Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Because I was thinking, for some reason, Elwood is in my head. I think it might be Philly because he's squinting. <laughs> I think she's. Uh, all right, fine. We'll say Philly then. Philly, Philadelphia. Oh my gosh, it's Philly! Yay! Yay! <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Are you mad? I want to win this game I or lose on really my easy. own <laughs> merits. Okay, well, I won't help you on this one. Yeah. <laughs> now, the tradition of leaving Santa milk and cookies wasn't always a thing. It began with. Dur- it began during which major historical event? Was it Prohibition? Was it World War One? Was it World War Two, or was it the Great Depression? World War, World War Oh my god! Jumped in my head. Yeah, but World War Two, like we still like didn't just have like money like laying around because that was right after the Great Depression. So and during the Great Depression, like I would slap you if you were like, Made. "We're going to take some of this money we don't have to you know feed this fictional guy." So World War One is maybe because like that was like a really short war, so that mm. that might have been like a hope thing, and I don't even remember what the first one was. Prohibition. 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 Uh, what, what was Santa having before Prohibition? Like yeah. a whiskey and some beef jerky. <laughs> and they're <laughs> like, no, 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 no. We need some milk and cookies now. I'm gonna say World War One. I. I feel like that's right too. Unfortunately, yo, it is prohibition. <laughs> it is the Great Depression. No, are you what? kidding? Not kidding. Are you joking? Why? Yeah. Why I can't would you remember. do? Why would you do this? 
we don't have money to eat. Why are we? Maybe you had people flour. are eating dandelions. <laughs> Why are yeah. we doing this? Yeah, the cookies. The cookies are, probably aren't like the cookies we have. Like it could be like some flour. And- Whose stupid idea? The flour, which we can make bread with. What but horrible idea? Eaten. Yeah, I don't know. Yo, I'm sorry. I didn't realize how tough this game would be. Uh, this that is, is good. So... You are a good games are. That's why this y'all were in a fun. depression. You didn't know how to spend money. <laughs> That's right. Shame, shame that. I'm sorry to anybody Zach. who is who, who is, is alive, alive the- during the Great Depression. My, I'm not talking about you. Nana ate dandelions during the Great yeah, Depression. Yeah, not milk and cookies. Santa, Santa was selfish. Was <laughs> anyway, I, I, these people are having a real rough time. I'm gonna... Oh my gosh! I know. Okay. okay. Multiple choice. Oh great! Okay, we got a shot. Santa Claus is the name of a real American town in which Midwestern state? Minnesota, Indiana, Nebraska, Wisconsin. Santa Claus, Nebraska. Santa Claus, Wisconsin. I don't think it's Indiana because I feel like they would have said so in Parks and Rec. Yes. Yes. They would have did a field trip or something. Oh, welcome to Santa Claus, Minnesota. I'm gonna say Screaming. Nebraska. I follow is you. Is that a cold? Is that a cold place? Nebraska. I would a good say movie. it's cold as Minnesota or Wisconsin. Yeah, but I don't. I feel like Nebraska is like a weirdo state. It's flat. It's flat. Yeah. yeah. It's got the. It's a flat um, state. It's uh, right above Kansas. Wisconsin's too cheesy. I'm gonna say. I'm gonna say Nebraska. Nebraska. And be wrong. Nebraska. And be wrong. Yep. So why don't you change your answer? Because I don't know what the right one is. All right, fine. Wisconsin. It's Santa Claus, Indiana. Are you kidding? No. I'm not kidding. They have a Christmas Village theme park out there. It's called what? America's Christmas Hometown. You know, Look Hannah, it up. Look it up. Santa Claus, Indiana. You know, Hannah, I know that you were saying that you didn't think this game would be this hard. I don't have like an extensive knowledge. I don't know. Sa- I never believed in the man. I, I hate to say it, but I have heard of Santa Claus, Indiana before. I, wow. And you know how good I am at geography. Yeah. Someone lived in okay. a town next door to us, and I said, oh, where's that? He goes, 10 minutes away. <laughs> well, this next one is true or false. Okay. The next three are true or false. Shot. Okay. True or false. Before the United States Postal Office was established in 1775, children would burn their letters to Santa in hopes that the ashes would, the ashes would rise and reach him. That's a that's, great depression thing. That's the wrong that, timeline. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, children, burn your letters to Santa. And we're still pretty, yeah. uh, that so, sounds very canonically, like, yes. Because George, what, what George Washington could have, would have burned his letters. Is this true or false? Yeah, I think that's true because it's cold. Like we need to have a fire. Let's all come together and burn our letters to Santa and then make some s'mores. And that'll and be like a Christmas tradition. Go, is it too hopeful of a thing? Yeah. There's no way to do it. You think it. they were making s'mores in 1775? No, but yeah. like I can't. We'll roast some weenies on like the yeah, <laughs> on the British soldiers. They had like bodies. a big old barbecue that, like that after they won yet. the Revolutionary War. Like no. yeah. If it is true, I wanted. I, I wish it was a Great Depression thing because it sounds it, it fits that. But Hannah's about to say it was af- not true. It can't afford a snip. It was true. Oh, this is true. Ooh, it yeah. we got one. Yeah, this is your second correct one. Oh. Woo! Two out of what? Six? Woo! Two Woo! out of six. Two out, yay. Hey, if you get the next 
four right. So in the revolution, <laughs> George Washington okay. burned his letters. No, he would have been old. I know he uh, would have been an adult, but yeah, his child maybe. Well, I wonder if they're like doing sneaky stuff with that too, where it's like, oh, uh, <laughs> I don't want anyone to well, find out my secrets. Well, I guess it's better secrets. than like sending somebody on a horse to go like find Santa. <laughs> Because when you think about it, it's like they didn't have the post office. What they a like, musical they would make, though, about that'd that. That'd be so funny, right? <laughs> okay, the next one. True or false? In 1927, a lawsuit was filed against Santa Claus for operating a flying vehicle without having a pilot's license. I'm. You know what? This is one of those things that sounds too crazy to be false, but I'm going to say false. You think so? Yeah, like I think Hannah might have changed like the year. Oh, like that's just, not that's that's a dirty. Just so that like that would happen. It was nineteen sixty three. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say false. False. All right. It is false. Whoa. In fact, they actually the U.S. government actually gave him a pilot's license in nineteen twenty seven. You and games are. That's good. And in twenty thirteen, he was issued a passport by Canada, making him an official Canadian citizen. He even has his own zip code, H0H0H0, which spells yep. ho, ho, ho. Nice. All right. Pretty bold of Canada to claim Santa. But I yeah. know. Yeah. Chill, Canada. If anything, it's like, that's just, if anything, Santa's Scandinavian. Blame Canada. Blame Canada. <laughs> okay. True or false? I never saw that movie, This by is the, the way. last true or false. Okay. Coal used to be seen as one of the best gifts someone could receive. Well, the as great it de- gave poor families the resources to heat up their fires. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, okay. I'm going to say yes, and here's why. I feel like coal in the stocking started becoming, <laughs> like, that's how kids started making fun of each other about, like, you're so poor, this is your favorite gift. You know, and that's how it became, like, a bad thing to mm. have in your stocking. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, that, that's what I, that's what I'll say. Do you think that, so it, oh, like a great depression thing? I'm, I'm stuck on the air. I think that's fasc- a fascinating <laughs> time for Christmas culture. I feel like, I feel like it's a thing where like you go to yeah. the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They hang the, the, over the fireplace and then you go get your coal, throw it in the fireplace and then you all sit down together and it's like, all right, time for Christmas morning. Time for, yeah. Pass me my crumpets and hard tack. Mother. Yeah. As I burn my letters in the fire. Yeah, you know, people weren't having fun back then. <laughs> like people <laughs> yeah, just started having fun until like the eighties. Yeah, people just started having fun in like nineteen ninety seven. Like, yeah. yeah. Um, is your final answer true? Yes, it's true. Yeah, I can't guarantee that's why. I, like, why. Cole became a bad. I was there. Thing, that's what we did back then. Yep, you were. There. We were the foremost right. Santa Claus historians. Yeah, I am Santa Claus. Here is your last <laughs> multiple choice. But you have two more questions. Ooh. And then the bonus. Here we go. Okay. Santa didn't always travel down the chimney. He was first recorded to go down the chimney in a short story titled Knickerbocker's History of New York. This was written by a man who also wrote which of the following classic American literature books? Ooh. So I'm just going to name the book title. I don't expect you to tell me the author. Although I have the authors written down. Now, We've played that same, game before. Was it the same author of The Scarlet Letter, Moby Dick, The Last of the Mohicans, or The Legend of Sleepy Hollow? 
the only one I could say with certainty was uh, Last of the Mohicans. Because Moby Dick is Herman Melville. Melville. Mm-hmm. The last one is somebody. Um, do you want me to tell you? I can tell you all of them. I wrote yeah. it down. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Scarlet Letter is Nathaniel Hawthorne. Oh, was I right? I'm not saying yet. Oh. I'm just giving it to you. Moby Dick <laughs> was Herman Melville. Yeah. Uh-huh. Last of the Mohicans was James Fenimore Cooper. And the Legend of Sleepy Hollow was Washington Irving. Wait, I thought the question was... Which... Yeah. So it's basically which author... And they also wrote this book. Mm-hmm. Oh, under a pseudonym. Yeah. Or just wrote it. Ooh. I'll stay with Last of the Mohicans. I feel good about that one. Like you have a oh, oh, no, 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 no. The Ichabod one, because that's like stories that we make up. Yeah, but is that is that a ploy? Is that a trick? Because that was the most like fictionally one. Last of the Mohicans yeah. is kind of like grounded. So let me do this is, but, I don't know, for fun. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I, I get that. Yeah, let's, I, let's yeah you could see like a real like Martin Scorsese, Hugo, Wolf of Wall Street thing happening there. Mm. All right, let's do Ichabod. Ichabod. Ichabod story guy. It was. Good the Legend catch. of Sleepy Hollow. Washington Irving wrote Knickerbocker's History of New York, where he mentioned Santa as this smoker who went down chimneys. Whoa. That's and wow. that is Westchester County, New York history there, baby. Last real question before the Boom. This is a submit and answer question. The Bureau of Labor Statistics has given their best educated guess at how much they think Santa makes per year. <laughs> what do you think it is? How much he makes per year? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, nothing. And I'll say this. It's not an extreme. <laughs> Who's paying him? It's not an extreme. So it's not zero and it's not like a million dollars a year. All right. Well, <sighs> Santa, what's the average Canadian income? Are we allowed to look that up? <laughs> Zach, I will the- say... The, it did say the Bureau did fight people who said that he should work pro bono, which is for free. Okay. Well, if they're saying that, I'm going to guess he works really hard for like three-ish months out of the year, maybe. Although there's like different time zones. So, we yeah, we don't know that. So that's unless he's in. like, unless he's really on top of his schedule, I'm going to say. That man delivers toys all around the world. You think he works three months a year? I'm going to. I don't know. I, I don't believe in this guy. Uh, Zachary. I've said this to your face many times. This is a podcast that families listen to. Listen. I, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> he's the bad guy in every Christmas movie. It's okay not to believe. You're, it's okay to be wrong sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to believe. I'm going to say uh, he's pulling down like 80K a year. Okay, Jimmy. Oh, if one of us is right, are we both? Well, you guys could you guys could give a guess and then split the difference. Thirty five thousand. All right, split the American. Oh, or you could both guesses, two chances. Okay, so let's plus or minus ten thousand. Okay, what do you want to go with? Both of our answers. If either of us are either ten thousand dollars away from the from the right answer, then we get it. Neither of you. Uh, what? Uh, they said one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year. Huh? Woo! 
So was, is, okay. if you got it over a uh, hundred thousand, I was going to give it to you. Uh, yeah. Hey, if you're listening to this with your family, can you like let me know if like, if you like? I'm are... sorry if I planted that seed in your head. Zach. <laughs> well, I'm just, if you're like driving to work and you like have the kids in the, I'm just curious. Who's <laughs> like? Not hey, every fan- not every family believes in Santa. Yeah, but I'm like, hey, Billy. But as we're driving to work, you want to mm-hmm. hear what this guy thinks about the last temptation of Christ? Here yeah. we go. Um. Here's the bonus question. This okay. doesn't count for a point. It doesn't count for a point. I'm just being funny. Not funny. I just want to hear your answers. Who wrote Twas the Night Before Christmas? Santa? Tyler, the creator. Nobody knows. Yeah. Yep. What? It was submitted anonymously into a newspaper, and then some guy named Clement Clark Moore claimed it as his own. Wow. And that is Tyler, the creator. <laughs> so, and I have a bunch more facts that I can read to both of you when we're off the. Sounds Yay! good. Uh, so we lost that game, but you know what? I'm still not going to buy a ticket. So, nope. yeah. like I said, wait for it to be free on like Freeview next Christmas and watch it for. Free. <laughs> but next month. Yeah, next watch month. it. Oh, when... next month. Whoops! Watch... Listen, Elemental's already on Disney Plus. Yeah, watch it. It's the age now. Watch. I think they thought this was going to do a lot better with like people like buying out theaters after like again the success of The Chosen and His Only Son and Sound of Freedom and stuff like that. And uh... but you know what? Yes, I I just want to say, was this a Christian movie or was this just a movie about Christmas? Like the the writers and stuff. Are they like chosen? Do they want to be like? in the chosen camp or is this just we're we're telling this story and we're musical i mean it sure seems like they do with the whole like pay it forward thing like it seems like there's definitely or like someone was like hey this other studio is trying that so i'm not actually sure but okay and we can't yeah okay yeah we can't know yeah well, thank you for listening, everybody. Make sure that you follow us on social media. We'll put links to all the things that we're involved with. But until next time, I've been Mr. Zach. I've been Mr. Jimmy. Ho, 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 Hannah. Do you believe in Christmas? Good. say though when you were saying earlier that families listen to this podcast also you might have missed where i said i'm santa